That was my introduction. Hello? Yes. Okay, I, go, I guess I'll go. <laughs> um, you know, I always expect fanfare and a drum roll. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which is right at the edge of Tulsa. And I appreciate being asked here tonight. I feel like I'm becoming kind of a regular here on this meeting. Um, so I'm going to tell a different story tonight. Still my story, but I'm going to tell a different part of it. But I'm going to tell my, I'm going to qualify real quickly first. I I believe I was born a compulsive overeater. I had uh, uh, a wrestling match of food from the from my earliest memories, um, and uh, but I didn't have a wrestling match with the weight because I was so active as a kid. I I played sports. I uh, ran wild. We lived in the country. <laughs> I ran the hills. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, uh, I was outside playing all the time. I played basketball, football, baseball, and I ran track. And so uh, the weight didn't come on until I turned 16. I got a, I had a car. I had a driver's license. I had a job. I had money. And it started to creep up on me. And when I reported for football my junior year of high school, my coach said, uh, need to pull off 20 pounds before basketball season so that uh, – you get a little more mobility, and uh, I was 240. I'm six foot four. It was 240, and I pulled that 20 pounds off very easily, and thought that that was all there was to to weight control. You know, just when you got a little weight on you, you you just stay, you know, watch what you ate for a while, and it'll go away, right? And uh, it was simple. Well, it didn't turn out to be so simple. So. You know, I graduated high school. I got married young. I moved into, you know, working all day and coming home tired at night. And uh, suddenly the weight started to creep up. And uh, next time I remember weighing, I weighed at 270 and I went on a diet and I got down. And then I remember hitting uh, 290 and going on a diet. And, I, you know, and I tried everything to control my weight. Over the next 20 years, and by everything I mean, everything that I knew, everything I knew to do, and all of it worked at first for a short period of time, but uh, it was always the highs. The highs got higher. The lows didn't get as low, you know. Uh, and the the general line, the graph, if you graphed it, was was up, up, up. And it was just a jagged line. And, uh, you know, I remember hitting 300 pounds. Uh, and uh, um, I, I was shocked at that. I went on a diet. I, you know, I remember hitting 400 pounds. But, you know, and I, I tried, I, when I say I tried everything, I tried Weight Watcher, you know, the paying ways three times. I tried uh, the diet doctor with the shots and the, you know, the hormones distilled from the urine of pregnant women. I tried uh, the, you know, the vitamin shots and the amphetamines. And, and uh, all those diets ended, you know. They all ended and the weight came back. And uh, uh, I, I didn't understand the problem. I, I did not. 
you know, I, I, I knew I needed, I knew there was a problem. I just didn't know what it was. And part of me kind of grew to hate me, hate myself. I, I didn't like what was inside me. I didn't like this. Everybody else seemed to be able to control their weight and I didn't and couldn't. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it made me angry at myself. And, uh, so, um, Fast forward to uh, I'm 39 years old. Uh, I've been married 20 years. Had two kids, but they were almost grown. And uh, my ex-wife, who uh, well, she gets to decide whether she qualifies for the program or not. Uh, qualified, but uh, at least it had been my eating buddy and and, and enabler, um, though didn't like it, you know, and she, uh, she thought that I was her problem. So if she, if she could get rid of me, she wouldn't have a problem. So she wanted out, she wanted a divorce. And besides I'd stole her youth. She was 17 and I was 19 when we got married and she wanted to go and, and, uh, have that, uh, you know, the dating life that she never got and have all those experiences. And, and, uh, you know, I, I I used to blame her for a lot of things. I don't anymore. Uh, you know, I just look at my side because blaming her never got me any better. Blaming her never fixed any problems. You know, and I'm all about fixing the problem. I just didn't know what the problem was, nor did I know how to fix it. You know, and I, so I got to, I, I, you know, she asked for the divorce. I'd gone to see a counselor. We, we had to see a counselor because, uh, that was required because we still had a minor child. And uh, so I went to a counselor. She went to a counselor. We didn't go to marriage counseling. And the counselor I went to listened to me, lied to him for an hour because I didn't know I was even lying. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I, I didn't understand the problem and I didn't understand myself. And so I talked. And, and at the end of the hour, he said, uh, this guy said, well, he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go to Overeaters Anonymous. He said, I, I want you to go for a year. And when you've been going for a year and you think you can come in here and tell me the, and be honest with me, then maybe we can do some good for you. But in the meantime, he said, that's what I think you need to do. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up, I'm a bar fighter from way back. and I wanted to paste him in the mouth. You know, what do you mean calling me a liar? I have a absolute cash register honesty. You know, uh, uh, you know, I've given bank tellers back the extra change they've given me. You know, I'm, you know, I'm that kind of honest, but when it comes to knowing, being honest about my feelings, I didn't even know what they were. I didn't even know what to say to be, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't know what honesty was when it came to that kind of personal integrity, that kind of personal uh, honesty that has to do with being honest about who I am and what I want and and uh, what I feel. But I, I took his advice and I, I started going to Overeaters Anonymous and I, I got a sponsor right away and, and uh, you know, I made a stab at the steps, but I still didn't understand the problem. You know, I listened. I was going to a lot of meetings. I was going to an AA meeting at noon and an OA meeting in the evening, seven days a week. I was in a situation where I could do that. I was getting 
you know, 14, 15 meetings a week, most weeks, I still didn't understand the problem, you know, looking back on it. All I knew was I was getting a lot of group support and I was getting a lot of, uh, uh, I was, I had a sponsor that would take my food. And so in that first year in the program, I, I, uh, I didn't. I didn't really get through the steps. I got. I. I, I was working on a fourth step, and I kept uh, my sponsor relapsed. I had to get a new sponsor. The new sponsor didn't really work me on the steps. They just wanted to know what I was eating, and and but I was going to the gym every day, and uh, I was uh, eating a pretty tight food plan. And guess what? I lost 140 pounds. I went from 410, which is where I entered OA down down to 260 so i guess i lost 150 pounds in that first year and at the end of that year i moved i moved from uh, i've been in pennsylvania finishing a project and i moved to to tulsa to take a job that didn't work out but uh you know moving getting away from your support base is always a problem but i i got here and um Having lost that weight, you know, at 6'4", at 260, uh, you know, lifting weights, I, I had some good musculature. I, you know, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, now I'm single, I'm not married. So all of a sudden, the, the uh, female attention became paramount. And, that, you know, that seemed to be, looking back on it, what I lived for. It was the goal. I was, I was losing weight so I could get the next right girlfriend and, and, uh, uh, having a good time doing it, but I wasn't recovering. You know, that my first sponsor used to ask me how I was doing and I'd tell him how much weight I lost. And he would say, there's your vanity. How's your sanity? And, and again, I, I, I'd want to just paste him in the mouth, you know, uh, I thought, well, you're just jealous because you're not losing weight like I am, you know. Well, no, he, he had a good point. Uh, I, I, I didn't understand sanity. I didn't understand that uh, tenth step promise of freedom from food obsession, you know. All I understood was if I kept going to a lot of meetings and, and working out that the weight would be under control, and I thought that was the problem, you know. I didn't understand the problem. Uh, there's a chapter in the book called There is a Solution. And when I have my sponsees read it now and, and come back to me, I tell them, okay, the, it's a, the title is There is a Solution, which is a promise. But if there's a solution, what is the problem? And, it, you know, it, it, and you get a lot of strange answers. You know, what is the problem? And, and you know, to cut to the to the bottom line, the problem is we have a spiritual malady, coupled with it, with a physical a, a physical allergy. Uh, we have a spiritual malady, and that spiritual malady uh, is um, uh, always going to be there, uh, even if we're eating and even if we're not eating. And, and I, I didn't understand that problem, and the solution. I certainly didn't understand, you know, um, even after a point, I thought, well, part of the solution is I've got the food down. And so I'm not confusing my body. It's I'm not having the physical cravings because I'm not eating sugar and flour and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. So therefore I found the solution. The solution is just don't start. 
and and I, I like a lot of people, I misread that line in the doctor's opinion that says, you know, that all we have to offer is is complete abstinence. People miss the miss the importance of that line because they don't realize that that's the doctor saying that. That's not the program saying that. That's the doctor saying that all he has to offer is complete abstinence. Uh, in other words, the, he, all he can, he's lamenting the fact that all he can do is tell us, don't eat. That's it. That's all he had. It's like somebody telling you to push away from the table. That's all they have, you know, but there's more. Because there's a spiritual malady, because this disease is a spiritual malady, the solution is a spiritual solution. And so we fast forward over to uh, to there is a solution, and and read what Dr. Young tells uh, Roland Hazard uh, after Roland had worked with him a year, thought he had uncovered the inner workings and wellsprings of his mind so well that he never had to eat again, and and left Austria so happy, and you know having worked with Dr. Young for a year, left thinking he was never going to have to drink again gets to Paris, runs into friends of his parents, and they go out to, on the town to celebrate his sobriety with a sh- bottle of champagne. And then he's drunk again, and then he's back in Austria, defeated. And uh, he, he uh, the doctor tells him uh, that he has the mind of a chronic alcoholic. He's never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed, not one single state. Um would it existed to the extent it does in you? Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clank. He said to the doctor, is there no exception? Is there no hope? And the doctor said, yes, there's an exception. There is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomenon. They appear to be in the nature of a huge emotional, of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, Five are suddenly cast. Remaining. Thank you. Are are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact, I've been trying to produce such an emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I employed are successful, but I've never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. In other words, he said, doctor said a lot of things there. One thing he said is this is a spectrum disease, and you're on the far end of the spectrum. And, and he, he, even the spiritual awakening, he thinks, that Roland may be beyond. But I've got to tell you, the rest of the story is that Roland Hazard did have a spiritual experience. And he did get sober, and he remained sober for the rest of his life, and and that's a that is a, that is a miracle. Uh, that you know the age of miracles isn't dead. Uh, the age of miracles lives, and it is demonstrated among us every day. I read an article before I got the program that said that uh, people that have a hundred pounds to lose, that's what this meeting is focused on. People with a hundred pounds to lose. People that have 100 pounds to lose have a 4% chance of ever taking that off and keeping it off. 
4%. That's the odds against you. And people with 200 pounds to lose, and that's many of us, me included, the odds against us ever doing that and keeping it off are so small, they're not measurable. That's how big the odds are against us. Well, when the odds are that big against us, we need something big to help us. We need a power. We, we need a power that's bigger than those physical odds, bigger than those human odds. And, and you know, when you look around, uh, the only place I've ever found people that have taken off 100 or 200 pounds and kept it off, I, I, I've, I've known people that did it with surgery They've taken it off, but I've never known any of those people that kept it off and took it off. Now, there may be those out there, but the only people I know that have ever taken off the kind of weight, you know, I, I hit 520 pounds at re, in relapse. I, I didn't tell that part of the story. So, you know, if I ever hit goal weight, I'll have lost 300 pounds. The odds against that are so large that it can't be done on human power. It certainly can't be done on my willpower. It can only be done by the graces of God. It can only be done through a spiritual experience. It can only be done by this huge displacement and rearrangement. Just God coming in and changing me. And and I I have groundwork to do. I have to prepare myself to be ready for it. But God has to come in and do the work. And and, and it's possible. This program has shown it possible. It's made it possible. It, it, it remains it remains possible as long as we stay in spiritual condition. And so, uh, you know, uh, that that means that having worked, you know, the steps, the third twelfth step says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps the result of these steps and then it tells us what to do we we carry the message and we practice these principles in all our affairs you know it, the 10th and 11th step give us ways to handle daily life and the 12th step tells us how to stay abstinent tells us how how to how to maintain this fit spiritual condition through work and self-sacrifice for others, as Bill tells us on the bottom of page 14 and the top of page 15. And that's the key, that I have to continually work with others. You know, I have to take sponsees. I, 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 have, to, uh, I have to give it away to keep it. I have to be a living, breathing um, transfer portal for this program to give it away in order for it to stick in me and to give me relief and recovery. And with that, I have an, a, a chance of owning this miracle of, of being uh, a hundred pounder that has lost and kept up a hundred pounds. Right, right now, I've lost 150 pounds. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm not, uh, excited about how quick it's come off. It's not come off as quick as I'd want it to, but that's my will. You know, it's come off as it needs to. It comes off as God uh, allows it to come off. Uh, you know, uh, I, I do everything I can. I follow my food plan. I work with a nutritionist. I work with my sponsor, and it's coming off again. I plateaued a little bit for a while, 
there, and and, and now it's starting to slide back down. And and I, I think that it plateaued because I had some things I needed to work on inside of me. And if I got too much success too quickly, uh, I'm, I'm afraid I might be like I was the first time. I had so much success so quickly I couldn't handle it. My I, I, my head was still weighed 400 pounds and my body weighed 260 pounds and I, I was uh, uh, my ego still weighed 400 pounds as well and so uh, this time it's come off slower but it's come off in a way that uh, has allowed me to grow spiritually and grow as an individual and, and with that I'm going to pass and uh, I'm, I'm going to leave a, a topic. I'm going to be asked to, I think, to leave a topic. And the topic I'm going to leave. Did you want to leave your phone number? I'll do that, too. I'll do that. My phone number first is 918-671-3863. And uh, uh, for a topic I want to leave, uh, uh, where are you at with your spiritual awakening? Uh, that's it. Thank you for asking.